and welcome back to A Little More Conversation, a unique podcast created to promote honest and meaningful discussions about our mental health in the advertising industry, brought to you by Adelphoi Music. My name is Chloe Heatley. And my name is Lakin Clark, and today we are joined by Joe Ray Daly, owner and exec producer of Kraken Films, a London-based service production company for the film and advertising industry. Hi, Joe. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Excellent. Yeah, no, really good. It's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. No worries at all. And so where in the world are you enjoying lockdown number two, Joe? Uh, well, as with lockdown uh, number one, I am in sunny Hackney. Nice. Uh, in London. So, um, yeah, it's been an interesting year and, you know, very excited to kind of, uh, you know, get chatting to you to you guys about it. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting to us. Um, as always, we love to start at the very beginning. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about how you got into advertising? Yeah, absolutely. Um, basically, about 20 years ago, uh, in, in year 2000, I graduated um, in fashion promotion and, uh, and PR, basically. Um, and uh, in the Easter holidays, I think it was in 2000, as, as a favour to a friend uh, who was a production manager at the time, he invited me to uh, be a runner on a B&Q shoot uh, for a week for a run of Easter ads, uh, yeah, back in back in 2000. So I, I was on set for a week, um, just doing the usual, you know, runner duties and making tea and and doing all the, all of that stuff. And uh, and and it gave me the um, introduction to the film industry. Basically, I, I just loved it from that moment on. Loved being in a studio and working working on film. So I decided after yeah six long years of study uh to to hang up my fashion bags and uh and and really concentrate um trying to get into the film industry so uh i did that um that week's worth of running and then basically at the end of 2000 i started as a runner receptionist at 2am films uh, so that was 20 years ago when they were based in uh, Covent Garden. Um, and then really from that moment, uh, for about four years from then, I, um, you know, freelanced, um, worked my way up uh, to kind of junior producer level, did a bit of art department as well. And then uh, in around 2006, I actually joined a digital ad agency called Dare Digital. Um, and I headed up there uh film department because they didn't have anyone um kind of in control any producers they were just shooting virals with no insurance back in the day in the uh you know back in the times of virals and, and shooting content for brands so I kind of cut my teeth uh in Adland uh in the ad industry there taught myself how to be a TV producer without the TV part. Um, and then really over the past like 14 years since, I've kind of ping-ponged backwards and forwards between ad agency and film production production. Um, so I kind of always see myself as a bit of a hybrid producer, mainly in the digital landscape. Um, and then um, in recent times, I basically uh, started up Kraken Films September 2019 was hoping for a really good 2020 
And then we know how how that kind of panned out. So here we are. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously probably not exactly what you had planned for the first year of your business. Did you like always want to start your own company? It seems like throughout your career, you were always sort of trying new things and teaching yourself things and, and keen to sort of get really, a really 360 skill set. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, back in 2010, actually, I, I did actually start up a um another production company uh, it was called London Particular very much it was still doing um, predominantly digital content uh, online content um, but that's another story because that's another life I, I had that with an ex-partner of mine but it kind of gave me the flavor back then 10 years ago um, of of what is needed um, you know to run a production company and I think 10 years later um, I just thought I'd, I'd have another, you know, crack at it, basically. And um, really nothing to do with with COVID or, or 2020 at all. Um, I, I saw a kind of pattern emerging last year in production companies uh, and what agencies and clients were really, you know, requiring from, from production companies. The, the more traditional model, uh, which obviously still has its, has its place, but the traditional model of having a a fixed director roster uh, and fixed, um, you know, visual directorial talent um, wasn't the kind of way I wanted to go. I wanted to be able to offer up to to my clients, um, you know, just a more a variety of of freelance directors and animators, and and just go outside the box a little bit and really start a a company that was more on the lines of a fixer model uh, that you would get abroad. So a bit more of a Chinese menu system, kind of as much or as little production support as people require, basically. So I saw a bit of a gap, things kind of shifting last year. It wasn't the busiest of years. Everyone, you know, uh, there are always some people that are always busy. But generally speaking, last year was, um, you know, things were kind of, you know, changing and smaller companies were kind of doing pretty well, the more kind of boutique approach. So that that was where I came from, creating Kraken. And then again, the pandemic happened. But um <laughs> Yeah, it's quite interesting. We've saw lots of brands moving away from the traditional agency model for quite a while now, but also we've seen quite a lot of new companies who have got flexible ways of working built into their business models. No, 100%. I think I think also um, advertising agencies in particular um, having, uh, you know, for years they've been taking production in-house um, some do it better than others. Um, and uh, that really started kind of, you know, changing the landscape a little bit and kind of, uh, you know, shaking things up a little bit. So I think, um, yeah, it was just the way the you know, the way I, I thought things were going. And um, the original idea was for me to really approach um, global clients coming into uh, London and wanting to shoot over here. So, bringing over their, uh, you know, their main heads of department, the director, producers and or clients over to London and facilitating shoots over here. But obviously, um, as soon as uh, the pandemic hit and lockdown one came in, um, the ethos of Kraken Films still remained. But I had to, you know, obviously, you know, reaching out to uh 
foreign clients to come over and travel to London. It just wasn't going to happen. So um, to begin with, but um, but fundamentally, um, it's been okay. It's been okay. I think having a having a new business, uh, I didn't overstretch myself. I'm literally the only one on payroll, and everyone I employ uh, is is on a freelance basis. Um, I think that's very much a model of of you know smaller and newer companies uh, nowadays. Anyway, and and I do know a lot of you know a lot of companies, um, mid to large production companies and post houses uh, and sound houses and everyone actually involved in our industry, um, you know, have really really struggled, uh, particularly with um, dare I say the lack of you know financial support and also recognition of the entertainment and film industry uh, in the UK. I think it's had a a, a huge impact on on all of our lives that work in this industry, and um, uh, you know, coupled with the fact that you know, if you've got a larger um, office premises and and recording suites and edit suites, and you know, just office space that basically you had no staff going into for months on end. So, I I, I never had to deal with that. I, I basically started off. It's a it's a a, a working from home model. Um, I've got a, uh, you know, a home office and, and, you know, maybe in time I will expand. So I think, uh, you know, it was just, you know, it was just luck that basically I started up this company that basically could expand and contract and it kind of contracted back to the basics, uh, right off the bat really. So, so yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm happy for that. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a positive take back, right? Um, and going back a bit, I, I know that you spoke quite openly about this topic, um, about the lack of support and recognition the film industry has been given this year during the pandemic uh, in a recent Guardian interview, which I really enjoyed reading. Um, and you also talk quite openly about your mental health. And, and, and so I would love to get straight into that conversation, if you don't mind. So can you tell me a bit about your experience with your mental health over the years? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's funny, I was actually before, you know, starting to record this podcast with you, you know, thinking about, you know, how honest I have been this year, actually, and open um, about my mental health struggles. Um, really before 2020, not that many people kind of view that I have had struggles in the past and kind of continue continue to you know have certain ebbs and flow of of clinical depression that come in and out of my life I mean I, I've suffered um clinical depression since I was oh about 21 so like 23 years later um you know it, it's something I'm I'm very much kind of used to um I can kind of chart my um my my depression and my moods probably better than than a lot of people, but I'm not perfect. Sometimes the mean reds come up uh, faster than you kind of realise. And uh, I think particularly in this year, it's been such a a good conversation for people to be having. Um, you know, I think I think uh, over the past twenty years of being in in the advertising industry and and commercial uh, film industry, it was always very much frowned upon. Uh, to show any form of weakness, um, 
you know, you were first in, last to leave, um, especially, um, you know, my heart goes out to, uh, you know, runners and PAs and drivers and, you know, all, all the all the people, you know, really making their way up into the industry. Uh, not saying I've made it, but I mean, you know, the struggle is real. Um, you know, it is really difficult, you know, trying to get paid, you know, the 190 quid from a running job, you know, from a company and it takes them seven months to to pay you. It's a real struggle. So this year, um, I just think it's a really good thing that people are just a bit more honest. And also, um, you know, people that um, are, you know, a little bit further along in their careers to, to say to anybody and everybody, but particularly, um, you know, younger people coming up in the industry, it's okay to not be okay. Um, it's, um, you know, trying to kind of like, you know, slap that smile on your face and and act like, you know, nothing's wrong all the time is, is very, very unhealthy. And I, I, I've experienced that, um, you know, a lot in my past in, in, in this industry. And, you know, and I don't want to go into the kind of realms of, you know, sexism and, you know, equality and all of that. But we all know the statistics. We, we do know the statistics that in, in film and advertising, the, uh, you know, percentage of, of, of women to men uh, is far lower. Um, and, um, you know, so I've kind of experienced it all, um, you know, and I'm just glad that, you know, people can kind of, you know, feel that they can talk more openly about it now. It's you're definitely seeing more conversations, more honesty um, on on not just personal social site uh, social accounts, but you know, on on company um, you know brand um, accounts as well. I think uh, no, it's 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 good, you know, and hence this podcast, and hence us being here, I suppose. Absolutely. And you mentioned earlier this feeling of not being able to show your vulnerability around the office. And and so I wonder when you were going through difficult days of your depression, did you have any support from colleagues or, or bosses at the time? Or was it very much something you took on your own? I think um, particularly in the first kind of 10 years from 2000 to 2010, so over 10 years ago, obviously. Um, no, it was very much un unspoken. It was, it was uh, I I've got a natural um, tendency to talk too much, <laughs> to be sarcastic, to, to uh, be a bit of a, you know, a clown, um, you know, and, and to kind of hide it. And then, um, and I definitely think, um, you know, the issues that people have with, you know, alcohol in particular, you know, going out after a hard day's work and then it, you know, it's twice a week and then every single night after, after work, you know, trying to cope and get a release somewhere. I think nowadays um, it's, it's far more acceptable, dare I say, fashionable to go, you know what, I'm not drinking. Uh, you know, drinking isn't the first go-to. It's like more mindfulness, more um, kind of, uh, you know, 
mindfulness about exercising your body and just meditation. And I think that has definitely changed over over the few years. So I think I think my experience was definitely of the time. Um, I don't think it would really happen as much now. And and sorry, I, I kind of went away from the original question. I just hid it. I just hid it. And I, and I remember going uh, through a particularly bad time. I went through a, uh, a breakup and a divorce 10 years ago. Um, and um, I remember going to a, uh, a counsellor um, and I didn't really like counsellors, no offence to any counsellor out there. Um, I just felt that um, it was all very one directional. I kind of, I, obviously I watched too many movies and I thought I'd go into a room and there'd be a dashing psychiatrist, you know, with a notepad and uh, asking me how I am and giving me brilliant advice and life advice. But obviously life isn't like that. And I remember walking into this room um, you know, going through a terrible time, um, you know, pretty low. And uh, she started asking me about me. And I just, you know, banged on for about half an hour. And she suddenly went silent. And I'll never forget what she said. Uh, I, I basically said, so uh, are you going to say anything? She said, I've got one thing to say. I thought, right, here we go. Uh, and she basically said, not from one moment when I walked into the room to that moment half an hour later when I'd finished speaking, did she, would she once guess that I suffered from clinical depression? And she basically said, the reason why people don't ask you is because they can't see it. And you really, you've got the face of a clown. And she said, unless you actually do get upset or cry or say, actually, this situation isn't okay for me, or, you know, you're having an issue with a boss and you feel that they're, they're bullying in a way. They may not think they are, but the way they're being to you at that moment in time may actually, you know, uh, make your personal situation worse. Um, that was a real eye-opener and kind of really... Um, from that moment on and really over the past 10 years I've tried to be far more kind of honest and open um you've got to show that you're not okay um I think sometimes uh, I think that's just the reality people take impressions and first impressions very very um to heart and uh, I think I think that would that would be my biggest learning curve I think is to um, you know say say to your nearest and dearest because even you know um, I mean I've never had you know like suicidal thoughts or gone that far down the line but you you know I empathize 100% to anyone that feels like you know they can't talk to anybody there is this stigma the stigma is still there but I definitely think there's been a huge you know shift this this year um and and in particular obviously we're we're talking within our industry as well um you know I think I think in a bizarre way this pandemic has actually um cut some of the crap if uh, that's not too strong a word um 
I think it's it's really um, you know just be excellent and be kind. That that's actually one of my company's main um, eth- you know one of its ethoses, if that's how you say it, um, is is be excellent but be kind. There's there's really no space anymore for 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 ego and um, it's it's um, you know that that hangover from I think the uh, the eighties and into the nineties of Adland and Madman and everything that we see, um, you know, how our industries are depicted. I think, I think this pandemic has really um, opened a different conversation about, you know, I don't think the old normal was as good as everybody really thought it uh, really was. I think the new normal, um, you know, going into 2021 is going to be very interesting um, and positive, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think there's been a huge shift in our industry's attitude towards uh, mental health and our wellness this year, which is great to see. Uh, And so in your general day-to-day routine, what do you do to take care of your mental health? Um, And do you have any tips for us? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously... You know, you you have you know I I suffer from and and obviously many people that will be listening to this um, you know suffer from clinical depression and you have to uh, manage that with you know with medication. Um, but obviously everybody um, and I think more so this year uh, have got these external forces of uh, lack of purpose, particularly in lockdown one. Um, you know, just sitting around, everything was on hold. It's like, you know, everyone went crazy baking bread and trying to find skills. And I think everyone just got really exhausted being being proactive. So that was one of the first things that I actually stopped doing, being being proactive just for the sake of it. Um, And, uh, you know, the the other pressures of, you know, debt and where's my rent going to come from, all of that. So I think all of these pressures on us, um, you know, affected me too. So I think I basically have to look after my energy levels, Um, the way my depression gets me. um, Some people can get quite hyper and a little bit manic. Um, I go completely the other way. I my energy just goes absolutely, um, you know, like quite chronic fatigue, really. So the things that I have found um, absolutely, you know, totally, I can't do without is basically vitamin D um, supplement. Uh, that's an absolute must-have. I also have a a sad lamp, a seasonal affective disorder lamp, which is a yeah, a little light box that I have near my uh, laptop. So that's shining away even in the summer months. And recently, I actually um, bought a, a just a, an eye sleep mask. And that has just been, you know, helping me just block out again, kind of light when I don't want it. Um, and uh, training my brain to go to sleep. I think uh, I don't know about anyone else out there, but uh, my entire um timings within the day is completely gone in its head so basically i'm i'm probably going to sleep probably about 2 a.m uh 2:30 a.m and then i'm getting up more closely to 9:30 
a.m. in the morning. Um, and uh, my whole body clock has completely shifted. So um, I'm desperately trying to get that back into um, a better pattern. But then I think that that goes that goes into the working from home scenario and you know having to be at your desk at 9 a.m and if you're not at your desk at 9 a.m that basically somehow you are worse at your job than someone that is sitting at the desk at 9 a.m so i i think that that's one of the new normals um i think i think you guys will agree with me it's um it's one of those really good things it's like some people work better at, later on the afternoon evening um, a lot of creative people I know, um, you know, I've, I've spoken to about this with a lot of people, you know, musicians to directors to writers. Uh, it's quite interesting how they're making the working from home work for them. Yeah, totally. We were chatting to our head of operations right before the second lockdown. And she told us if, you know, you want to start work earlier or later, if you want to move your lunchtime around or go to the gym, do some exercise and do what works for you, do whatever's going to make you, you know, happy and the most productive. I think so. I think um, it's, I mean, it's funny when, when the first lockdown happened, uh, you know, I, I wasn't based in the office at the time. I mean, throughout my, you know, career so far, I have had full-time jobs in agencies and, um, you know, had had that structure and in production companies. It's, it's nice to have that, that freedom um i i think and i think um that is really what you know flexible working and working from home uh will hopefully you know benefit be a huge benefit um to individuals not just the individuals but to the to the to the companies um you know to companies moving forward um you know it's it's to trust who you've employed to you know get on with uh the job and 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 be happy i think i think I don't know about you guys, but you know that that balance between uh, life and work um it has always been it's always eluded me, and this pandemic has helped me form a better um you know uh, life and work balance bizarrely. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of work that hasn't happened this year because of the pandemic, but yeah, the expectations, I think the expectations were far too high. I think I don't think um, we were going anywhere good um, as a whole uh, across the industry. I think, you know, uh, the the fact that crafting, that the, what we do for a living in film, um, in music, you know, the level of craft and skill that is needed um, you know, that doesn't disappear just because you can now, you know, FTP everything, you know, do Zooms and, and crunch on that time and crunch and crunch and crunch down. Um, I think I think it's, it's made people realise um, the benefit of just taking a breather and and you know and and going back to basics a little bit i mean i i that that's how i i feel i'm i mean you know it, it's uh it's about just um it's a smaller details and just yeah having having that balance having that balance i think we were going too quickly um and uh yeah me for one i think i think a lot of people felt um very bizarre going into lockdown one it was like you know what 
what am I doing? I'm going to have to sit down <laughs> and not do anything. And that goes back to that kind of like overproductive. It's like, yeah, it's just like, oh my God, I've got to do, you know, 10 on online courses. I've got to, you know, learn Spanish um, and become a Kung Fu master. And um, I, I do actually, uh, what I have uh, learnt over past, uh, the past second lockdown is I can make butter. Wow. I've been hand churning my own butter. Wow. There you go. That's wow. a different yeah. one. Oh, my God. That's a different one. Um, it's very step good. Step aside, banana bread. <laughs> yeah, step aside. Yeah. I'm, I'm making the butter that goes on top. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's bizarre. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I started hand churning my own, my own butter. Well, you'll have to send us some, Joe. We've got to try the product. I will. I have to send you some samples. I've got a little idea for a side business. There you go. So we will uh, we will see. But yeah, no, it's it's um it's just been yeah, it's just been an interesting time. And I think um another thing that I've done to manage um the mean reds. I keep on saying the mean reds. Can you can you tell me what movie that's from? Absolutely no idea. Uh, it's, it's basically, it's a quote from, um, Holly Go Lightly in Breakfast at Tiffany's. And she was talking about the, the feeling blue. And she said, no, it's not feeling blue. It's the actual mean reds when it feels really bad. But, um, when the mean reds kind of, um, hit what, what I've done, I've actually done a bit of a, um, which I think a lot of people have done is a cleanup of my echo chamber, my social media echo chamber and I think I think it's um a lot of people didn't really think about it they just followed and followed and followed and followed people and then after a while if you actually kind of like you know go through who you follow a lot of the time there are a lot of kind of influencers that really maybe aren't the best influence um you know, I, I did a I did a declutter. I I, I basically um, I just started following a lot more dog accounts because that makes me happy. Food, um, secondhand fashion, sustainable fashion um, uh, companies, and 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 you know people like that. And um, yeah, I just you know just. I wanted to change the dialogue that I was involving myself in. I think we have more control over that uh, than we realise. It's actually quite quite a powerful uh, um, thing to admit. You know, you do, you don't have to get depressed or angry. Um, really, if you don't want to, you just you just unfollow. Um, get it, just get it out of your life. You know, I think we have so much um, so much information now that I think um, we just got to ease back on it. I think because technology and information is there, it doesn't mean we need it all of the time, every single minute of the day. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's the same for me. Um, and so Kraken Films was only five months old when we went into the first lockdown. That must have been really tough. How did you and the business adapt to the changes? Yeah, so, um, yeah, we were only about, as you say, nearly five months old. Um, I had a couple of shoots under our belt. 
um, you know, it's going pretty well. I was going to push forward, as I mentioned earlier, with um, engaging with global clients who uh, wanted to come over here and shoot in London, uh, as I wanted to position Kraken as a London uh, film production uh, company and fixer um, kind of specialist. So as soon as we knew that the borders were closing and we couldn't actually shoot, yeah, it was it was it was pretty scary, really. Like everybody else, the knee jerk reaction was one of, "What am I going to do? How am I going to earn any money?" And I think it's been particularly hard. Uh, it's been hard for everybody, but when it came to any financial support from the government, if you hadn't been um, running for at least a year with proof of finance and accounts, uh, you were not going to get any support whatsoever. Uh, and I found myself in that position. So quite quickly, um, I just found out, you know, as, as, as quickly as possible from my accountant, um, from all the information out there, what position I was in. So I think uh, that that was my way of coping. It's like, you know, if, if you know what you're fighting, um, you can kind of, you know, move forward. So I, um, as I said earlier, also, I was working from home. I've got a home office. That's where Kraken HQ is for the moment. So I didn't have to downsize or anything like that. So I was in a unique position more than most um, to uh, not worry too much about uh, massive overheads and staff and furlough. So I was lucky uh, in that sense. But I think um, what I wanted to really do was, was take this, you know, whole experience as kind of learning curve. And so I got as much information as I could from uh, WHO and when the APA brought out uh, their shooting guidelines uh, beginning of May, I believe it was. Um, I just took the ball by the horns and, and you know, uh, became a COVID supervisor. Um, I'm on the APA um, database and the first option certificate um, qualification as well. So I did that as well. So um, I really wanted to test, you know, what it was like to shoot uh, within the time of COVID before I even got a kind of commercial project in. So back in uh, beginning of June, I actually um, shot a short film uh, with a group of filmmakers and friends. Um, yeah, a four-minute dance film with two male dancers in a concrete bunker theatre in Islington. Um, it, what was supposed to be a test shoot actually turned into a bit of a test shoot on steroids. But um, we came out with a beautiful... Uh, film and it was about it was about um, isolation basically isolation and lockdown um, through through dance and um, and that was a great great experience to do that and and um, you know then I had a, a commercial shoot uh, about a month ago or so um, again under these these restrictions so I think um, you know we have actively been been shooting. Uh, this year and you just got to keep on going and and um and and be that you know optimist um we we all know that 2021 um I'm gonna jinx it aren't I if I basically say 2021 couldn't possibly be worse than 2020 but I think I think uh, you know in many ways of course it's going to be it's going to be better the days are going to get lighter um you know the vaccine uh is coming there's a bit of hope um, we all know, I think if we take, you know, 
um, any guide at all. You know, you look at all the big film studios who are basically, uh, you know, they're all saying that they're they're looking to really get cracking again uh, next next Easter, kind of onwards. So I think you know we're we're heading. I think we're through the worst of the times. Um, you know, we just got to keep with it and and be flexible and kind of embrace um, as I did. You know, on all, all my shoots and that test shoot, shooting with a remote film system. Um, and using the beauty of Zoom uh, that we've all come to, you know, know and love um, as, as is, is a way to be uh, shooting and, and, and still have your clients on set and your agency on set. And it's just adapting. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, work practices that have come through uh, this pandemic that will probably stay, um, you know, moving forward because they are more cost effective. And, uh, you know, it's always best to have... Uh, the money going into the production, um, into a film and everything beyond uh, into post-production and sound. I'm sure you guys would agree um, instead of, you know, very expensive uh, global travel and, and, and elements like that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens in the new year for sure. Um, and so, as we know, the reported cases of mental health struggles are continuing to rise this year. And I wonder if your experience with mental health has has made you better equipped for dealing with the stresses of this year. And, and, and do you have any advice for someone who is struggling with new feelings of anxiety or stress? Yeah, it's I yes, I, I feel that I have been better equipped. Um, I wouldn't say that um, you know that I, I I haven't kind of you know suffered like everybody else, but I think I can definitely um, see when my anxiety levels are kind of flaring up. Um, I think I have seen anxiety. Um, and panic attacks, you know, with, with friends of mine, particularly when it's come to, you know, the running of their businesses and furlough and they don't know what to do. And, you know, that that whole side of the debt uh, and financial situation. Yeah, I mean, definitely, I, I, I think I've been able to kind of spot that quicker in other people um, and kind of, you know, give advice. You can only control certain stuff in your life. There's certain stuff that you can't. Uh, I think that's a major um, life tip uh, that basically make a list of what you can control. There's only a few certain, you know, things that you can. Um, there's a few things you can control with your finances, but there are other things that you can't. So it's basically make make a list of 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 what you can make a positive impact on, basically, um, and don't sweat the other stuff. Um, it's it's very that's very easy for me to say and very difficult to do, um, and I say that you know me personally and also you know anyone listening to this. It's I know it's not as easy as that, but we do have far more control than we think, and I think um, it's to be nicer to ourselves and not expect so much because I think we expect so much. Um, it's really, I think that's an internalized thing. I think if you ask most people, you know, um, our loved ones or our work colleagues, you know, what do you expect from me? People would be quite shocked at the level that we think that they see us. You know, they probably don't 
you know, it, it, expect the world, but we you put ourselves under this, this, you know, this pressure that I think is, uh, you know, unrealistic. So I, I, I would generally say um, it's about smaller efforts, day-to-day efforts. I kind of, kind of, in my mind, I call it, I call it the minimum movements. Um, you know, if you don't fa- feel like getting out of bed in the morning, it's like maybe have a lion. Maybe that's what your body is saying. Uh, just because you're not getting up and sitting behind your laptop, bang on nine o'clock or nine thirty. Uh, it doesn't make you a bad person if you decide to have a bit of a lie-in and then actually start the day at midday and then you take it straight through. You know, that that's when we go back to when do you work best? When does, you know, when when do you feel that your kind of work output and your uh, kind of, you know, how your your day pans out? I, I, I think it's also, you know, sometimes just doing the motion of something is the main thing. So, um, my mum always used to say, even if you get out of bed and you make your bed, you've done something and you've made something. So um, it seems really minimal. But for people that have very, very bad um, anxiety, um, you know, literally feel that they can't get out of bed. Um, so even the action of getting out of bed and, uh, you know, having the shower and not sitting around in your PJs all day, uh, putting a bit of lipstick on or not, or if you're a guy or a girl or, you know, whatever, everything in between, and you just want to, you know, just do your hair, you know, all these smaller things, it's, it's, they seem very small to some people, but I think they're very, very important. It's just to do the smaller things and the bigger things will come. And finally, before we go, do you have any advice for a young person entering the industry or someone who would like to start their own company? Yeah, I've, I've been thinking about this. And, and I, I think the main takeout is um, to get on in the advertising and film industry. It's not a fast track career. Um, I think with the with social media and uh, the influx of influencers over the past few years, I think um, a lot of people think it's quite easy and quite fast track. And uh, you know these these influencers with hundreds of thousands and millions of of, of followers um, are really um, the smaller number compared to, you know, the amount of people out there. So I think it's just to be very aware that things um, are not fast track if they're going to last. So I, I think I think it's, it still remains, you know, 20 years ago when I first started in, in, in advertising and, and film production, literally the place to start is as um, an assistant, uh, as an intern, as as a runner, a PA, kind of, you know, lower entry level, um, and really start to learn how the process works, how people work, um, and 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 get a feel for it. I, I definitely think it's almost like I, I did a, a foundation course in art when I was 18 years old, years ago. And every single uh 
months you basically experimented in you know and different areas, areas of art so theater uh, theater design to fine art to fashion design and basically you just got a snippet of everything um you know to see which kind of direction you wanted to go so i i would definitely say that that works for uh, our industry you know go go and get a six month um you know trial or internship or or uh, you know a shorter contract maybe in 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 a music company and see if you like music if you may actually be more interested in um post-production editing uh, or special effects or the actual producing of the content that then goes into the post-production stage so i think it's take your time get the experience and i think definitely although i'm going to sound like my mother here experience uh, and time really does make a a, a difference so thank you so much, Joe, for joining us today. It's been fascinating to hear about your your story, your journey in advertising and to learn more about Kraken Films as well. So thanks so much for joining us. It's an absolute pleasure and uh, hopefully see you before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. As long, only if you bring some butter. Exactly, I will. I'll bring some butter. <laughs> Everyone's going, well, what's the butter? <laughs> That's 2021. <laughs> That's 2021. So there we are. Thanks again, Joe, for joining us and sharing your invaluable experience with us. If anybody listening has been affected by what we've been discussing today, there are links to industry-specific platforms and mental health support in the podcast description. Take care and see you next time for a little more conversation. <laughs> <laughs>